When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mike, not much, man. How you doing? I'm good. I see that you um, you moved mm-hmm. the the podcast thing, or something happened where we moved, or now more people because uh, yeah, we weren't advertising this whatsoever. We were just this was just kind of we were tuning up, getting ready, see where we're going, and even still, we're still just kind of figuring. Th- I I got the segments. I'm pretty excited to put some segments out there, and then the more we, you know produce it and all that jazz and make it look cool but what did you where did you put the podcast when now people are because i had people reaching out and going hey uh is this a new podcast or was it i say yeah i think so so yeah the the feed i started originally for just the bruniverse was no advertising no marketing none of that none of that stuff and then after talking with the other team yeah. um well the other part of the team i should say uh we decided to take it and move yeah. it to your old podcast RSS feed. So it's like you can you can go back and listen to all the old episodes of the of Jim Brewer's podcast, and then boom, Bruniverse kicks in. And even if you even if you're on the, old, cool. the, the the new one that I started, which is the couple episodes of the Bruniverse, there's now a trailer on there that directs everybody to the other podcasts, the other RSS feed. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So the way we talked about was we're going to be doing uh, this, and the Patreon Patreon gets all the first licks of everything and probably extra stuff, and and um, then we'll after they're done with it, then we'll put on YouTube and everywhere it could be heard and all that jazz, and hopefully people are entertained or moved or inspired or creates hatred or whatever it puts in your soul. Um, so yeah, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in Syracuse right now. Um, yeah, so I'm doing shows. Today's the last, today's my last show. It's actually a a Sunday where I'm at and, um, yeah, things are, things are really good. I had a whole, you know, I did something last weekend that came out of nowhere and today, today we're going to do a segment. Uh, I think a lot of you a lot of you would like, and even if you're not into it, I think, I think give it, give it a, you know, less, the last one we started, Brewer's Bunker, which was, uh, you know, just conspiracies, doesn't matter you believe in them or don't believe in them, we just put it out there, just talk about it, that's up to you, whether you want to look into it, laugh at it, or go, whoa, this is, I think this is real. Um, this week, completely something different. Today is, uh, we're going to do a segment which I'm eventually would like to tour and put out there because there there is there's a lot of people that love hearing this stuff and one of and, and 
Matter of fact, one of the podcasters from Patreon actually re-sparked this for me. So one of the Patreon members, she asked about, hey, I want to know about your spiritual side, blah, blah, blah. And I love that. And I noticed a lot of other people were intrigued by it. So with that today, we're going to get into funny, funny how God works. Now, I want you to know, listen, that, that word God really rubs people in a different way. Some people are like, I, you know, really, I hate religion. It has nothing to do with religion. There's no religion here. There's no, you got to do this on this day and do this on it. I'm talking about real life experiences, the way I experienced them and, the, and everything that came to it and how it came about. It could be coincidence. This is what I learned in life. Um, it's all it's all subconscious level, however you feel. Someone gave me a great example. They said, you know, when it comes to being on a higher conscious, whether you want to call it God or spirituality or whatever it is, it's all up to you whether you're whether you're willing, just like a conversation, to just listen and 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 explore what you're being told. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you a tiny example. Um, my father-in-law, beautiful person, wonderful man, has done so much for our family. He's just, there's no God and, and we just live, we die and we came from an ape or a tadpole and, and thing. And that's, and I'm not degrading that. I'm just saying that's how he, you know, that's how he talks. There's no God. And it's kind of where I'm opposite, where I don't, I don't preach it, but here, I'll give you a small example. It's all how you perceive things. But if the perception can help you in life, why would you turn it off immediately? But this is, this is how I feel. The term God, the term God has, has been infiltrated by bad people. Meaning the product, the product, like, oh, when I, when I go in the woods and I ask, I go straight to the product, wherever it is. The product's everywhere. I go straight to the product and I go, what can I do to make life better today? And I ask for, I always ask for answers. And I always get the answer. I don't always like the answers. But I get the answers. And how I choose to deal with those answers is up to me. So, but what has happened was, or what I think people you create religions you create uh all these false people to infiltrate and prey on what's natural to us with the spirituality in all of us the the heightened awareness in all of us and it's just, you know, hey, you need to talk to me and you tell me what you did and I'll pray and then I'll tell you to go to 20 Hail Marys and jump around and jump around, jump around, and then you'll be healed. Oh, okay. Uh, and you just give me, you give me 20 hours, we get a new elevator and then uh, we'll, we'll, I'll make sure God takes care of you. And people get turned off by that or religious wars. That's not God. That's people. That's people. And then I truly believe because of that, that was infiltrated so long ago that it makes people turn away from the power within that we are born with. 
So with all that said, you know, when my dad died, um, it was pretty beautiful. It was beautiful. I held him and it was the most painful loss I ever had in my life. I lost my brother. I lost, uh, at the time, my best friend, wonderful girl. Um, I've lost my sister. I've lost uh, a lot of people in my life. <clears throat> I shouldn't say lost. They moved on. But my dad was the roughest. We've all been through that horrible pain where we go through that just pain we don't want to get over. We want to continue to mourn it and we want to hold on to it. So when my dad died, and a lot of you heard this story, I started doing it on stage trying to make it funny. And it is kind of funny. Uh, I was I was what I call praying and I was in my living room like do we die you know do we feel anything do we I just wish you know I know I can't physically hold you but is there any way that I can like do do we do we feel each other's conscious what what and while that was happening I got nothing to sell here I'm just being dead honest and I'm telling you what I was doing to lead to this moment while I'm doing that, I start hearing this packing or knocking. I hear doop, like a little knocking. Like that, right? And it's in the next room. You know, and I'm crying, I'm praying. And I go in the next room, there's a cardinal right outside the window of my dining room. And I'm looking at the cardinal, and it's looking at me, and he's just looking at me. And it, I thought it was weird. Like, what is this cardinal? What? Why isn't it flying away? Why isn't it flying away when it sees me? So, you know, I start walking away. And again, I'm like, God, do it. And it, this thing continues. Now, it's not attacking the window. It just, its feathers are, it, it almost looks like it's trying to come in, if that makes sense. And I'm like, what the? And, you know, I'm sitting there going, am I crazy? I'm going, Dad, I mean, are you are you you, know, are you trying to talk to me? Like, I don't understand what's going on here. What do what do we? You want me to get your bird feed? I don't I don't speak cardinal. I don't. Do, should I not let the cats out? Like, wow, is this how we got to commute? I got to figure out how to talk bird to talk to my dad. But I'm bogging out because there's a part of me that feels this is if. Now, would this have happened if I wasn't pregnant? Was this going to happen anyway? But because seconds before that, I was I was going, God, please, with all my energy, I'm like, please, do we just, if I can only, I know it's a lot to say, I need a sign, but, but I just want to feel, do I ever feel, and then all of a sudden, like that, to me, that's, that's, that's weird. Um, so, Here's where it gets crazier. The next, all day that day, and the next day, this bird starts in the room at like 6 a.m. or so, pretty much every morning. And he starts in the room where my dad passed away and I held him. And he goes around the laundry room and back to the dining room where it, this all started. And this became a an everyday thing if you you can ask my kids this is this is the god's honest truth this is every single day all day long and it kind of became a joke you know the kids are like oh his grandpa went back on the windows on weekends and i got 
I mean, I get it during a week, but God, Grandpa, he's annoying. He's, uh, I'm trying to sleep and I love school. So it was, you know, it was kind of funny. But my father-in-law, you know, we tell him, he's like, it's not your father. It's not any spirit. It's a cardinal. He sees himself in the mirror. The male cardinals are very, very territorial. And he sees his reflection and he's just, he's claiming his territory. Now that, that makes sense. And I go with that theory to a degree. Okay. I'm like, all right, but still, I have a feeling. I don't know if I want the feeling or and every day when this thing would peck on the window, I would go and look at it like right against the window. So it wouldn't fly away. And I, I'm not going to lie to you. I still had very primal, primal cries. Like, oh, like really rough, brutal cries, man. We kind of, when you're, you know, when your mouth's wide open and there's nothing coming out. That, that, a lot of you know that pain. You're just, Aah! and I would never do it in front of anyone. I would always do it on my own. And um, long story short, every single day, Every single day, this thing started in October, okay, and of 2014, my father passed and then went all the way for a year to the following October. So he went through the rough winter, all the snow, through the spring, through the summer, back to the fall when it started, through the next winter, through the snow and all that jazz, every single day. And... Tap on the window every day. And um, I just remember we went to Turks and Caicos. We're very blessed. We went went to Turks and Caicos. And I'm on a balcony. And I have, again, one of the worst year and a half since my dad has passed. Maybe more. And I personally let him go that day. And what do I mean by that? I was sitting on this balcony and I was sobbing and it hurt. I was exhausted. And I said, I am letting you go. Dad, I apologize. I said, Dad, I held on to you too long. It's, it's, it's not fair to hold on to your spirit. I gotta let, I, I'm letting you go. And from now on, I don't want to think of you and just cry. I don't want to think of what I lost. I want to think of all the times I gained and how amazing you were. I'm going to laugh every time I think of you, which is exactly what started. Because up until this moment, anytime I saw an elderly person just being wheeled down the street, it was a trigger. And I'd have to be like, oh, my God, he's wheel my father down the street. If I, if I just saw uh, any anyone elderly, if I saw someone... With their parents, like helping them walk, I'm like, oh, the guys, my father. Just it was, it's brutal, but it's part of life. And um, we go away, and I let him go, and I start feeling better. And I'm thinking of my dad for the first time in almost two years. I start laughing every time I think of him. I see an elderly person, I feel good. My heart, my my heart warms up instead of being sad. And I start thinking of all the great things that my father has done and what I've been learned, what I've learned from him. And I still continue to learn. So cut to, I come home, we come home from vacation, we come in the house, my father-in-law is watching our cats. My wife's very specific how you gotta watch the cats. And uh, it's, it's pretty intense list. 
But um, we walk in. The first thing my father-in-law says is, hey, that bird left. I said, what, do you, what do you mean? He said, that cardinal just, uh, I don't know, he went away. I noticed it in the middle of the week. He just, he wasn't uh, knocking on the windows and he's just, he's gone. I haven't seen him around. And I, I, I just got giddy because in my mind, I just left a place where I was sobbing and I let my father go. And the, now I came back and he just told me, the bird's gone. And I giggled and I went, now, is that a coincidence? What is that? Would that have happened anyway? But because, because of what led to me discovering that bird knocking on the window, and then every single day, I'm not talking once in a while, I'm talking every day. You can ask any of my children, you can ask my wife, you can invite the, our neighbors. Everyone knew about this bird, this cardinal. And then here I am, I let him go, and I come home, and the first thing he says, the bird is gone. And he was gone. Never came back. Never saw that cardinal ever again. Any cardinal didn't come to the yard. And I feel like, dude, that is, there's some deeper spiritually, and this is, Amazing. And my father-in-law, different conscious, different thought process, immediately shot it down. And he said, oh, for Christ's sake, it has nothing to do with spirituality. It's just, it's a, it's a bird. It migrated. That's all. So that's what I'm saying. You can take that story for whatever it is, which I also have that tagged on to a story down the road, which is true, which I'll bring that person as well, which is pretty intense, which is where we're getting to today. Um, this segment is called Funny How God Works. This is my thought process. You can put it however you like. Now, and I look forward to bringing some of these people on eventually. I... I lived in Jersey for for um, 22 years. Now I live in, in Florida. And I raised my children, my wife, we raised our children in Chester, New Jersey. Beautiful home, couple, you know, three acres, woods, all that jazz. Now, I grew up in Long Island. And where I grew up was very blue collar. It was a... a you know, we didn't have a lot of money or anything like that, but what we had was a lot of love and a lot of community. It was kind of a one-for-all, all-for-one mentality, meaning everyone looked after each other. You may not have liked each other, but everyone looked after each other. Everyone knew. Kids were on the street. You knew when to come in. If someone get out of line, you would handle it. The neighborhood would, would handle it. The street would handle it. We'd all handle it. We didn't, we didn't need anyone else to come in. And tell us what's going on, you know, how you do this and how to do that. We we were able to figure that out. Um, and it was one of the, it, it was such a treasurable time my entire life. My childhood was amazing to the point where when I had children, I begged God. I said, God, I just, I want my kids to have 
half the life that I did. My father told me, I want you to have, I want you to have so much more than me because I had nothing. I want you to have more than me. I said, Dad, I already do. And that's that's what I named the documentary. It's a great documentary if you have problems with your dad or you know you're becoming a caretaker. Check out more than me. I think it'll help you. So I couldn't find that community for a long time. I went into television, chasing my dream, chasing ego, vanity, and you know, I want leather pants, and I'm gonna be a star. And when I moved out to Chester, New Jersey, again, and we're kind of middle of nowhere, I, I'm a social guy. I like I, I like interacting with people, taking care of each other, great conversation, all that jazz. I love that. I need that. I, I thrive for it. Community. Build a community. Someone needs help. Let's gather around and help them out. I found it in this coffee shop called Maria's. It's on Main Street, Chester. And I would go there every single day. And I would talk to if I I would talk to I, I would talk to people there. And it was really amazing. You know, there was this uh, older woman that would come in and she'd complain about her um she couldn't see her grandchild and she had problems with her daughter in law and and uh I, I would sit and talk with her for hours and I said, Why why is she like ah, you know, she doesn't let me do this and, and and we would talk, say, you know, it's interesting because I think it's a parent thing. It's it's when parents are young, they want to know that hey, they can take care of this, and don't don't you come and take over. I know that was the circumstance when we were parents. You know, my wife was very like, hey, 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 you know, just come over here and grab the baby, and you tell me what to do. Just just I'm mom. Let me do this, and so you know, we'd have conversations that help each other out, and. And it was many other people. So this became a place I'd go to every morning. I didn't really know anyone, but I, I knew everyone that walked in. There was always somebody in and out, in and out. And there were some people that were regulars, but we didn't really talk. One day, I started talking to this one guy. He's a fireman. I call him Phil the Fireman. Funny one-liner guy. Always just, you know, he's got a double, triple espresso, pouring a billion pounds of sugar in it and just sipping his thing. And he's getting ready to go. You know, he's got a fireman outfit and he's ready to go do his thing. And he'd give out little zingers. Guy really cracks me up. Still still exists. One of the funniest guys I ever met. Very low-key, funny. Um, and Maria, of course, was, you know, a great part of this. And one day, I noticed there was this guy that came in. He came in from across the street, had a big limp, big, walking with this big limp. And he had a hoodie. He looked spooky. And he comes in and he brought in an aura, an energy that was weird, dark, sat down. We would sit at a tabletop, a, a high top, and me and Phil sit across from each other and Maria's to the side. And he sit down with his hoodie. You know, he's up there, he's got his hoodie around. Wouldn't look at anyone. He could be straight down, straight down. And it it just, we didn't, like, who is this guy? Is he nuts? And every customer that came in would look at him funny, like, hey, how you doing, guys? And have conversation. And this guy wouldn't even look up. And Marie would come and just put soup in front of him. It's like, hey, you got to eat, blah, blah, blah. And, like, and then finally, he gets up about an hour later, and he, he's got this horrible lip straight out of, like, a terrible 
you know, animated movie. And he goes walking out with his hoodie. And uh, Phil the Fireman's like, ah, well, now that the Unabomber's not here, we're going to enjoy our coffee and Cinnabon. And, you know, I mean, he laughed. And I went up to Maria and I said, Maria, and as I'm watching this guy leave, like, who is this guy? I've never seen him. Does he live around town? I say to Maria, I go, Maria, how miserable does your life have to be? What is going on in your life that you have to come into such a, 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 a community area where everyone's talking and having laughs and getting to know each other and solving problems? You come in with a hoodie, with this dark energy, and you sit there. You don't look at anyone. You look straight down. What is going on in your life that's so horrifying that you got to bring that negativity here? And Maria comes from around the counter. And she goes, Jim, um, he moved out here from uh, Staten Island with his wife uh, to get away from it all and uh, start living their lives. And as soon as she got out of here, she was diagnosed and uh, she just passed away. He has no family and he's lost everything he's ever known. Did not see that coming. And uh, she goes, you know, that's why, he, you know, he don't know if he wants to live. He don't know. He's just, he's, he's broken. His entire human spirit is broken. I went, oh, wow. Um, I turned to her and I was dead serious. And I said, you know what? He's going to be my mission. I'm, go I'm going to get that guy to laugh. I'm going to, I'm going to get his spirit back. And she went, well, I hope you do something. I, I've been trying for a long time. And I don't, I don't know. Now her husband, funny as hell. Funny as hell. You can clearly, these are the type of characters that are really tough on the outside, but you know, they've been through so much pain and loss and whatever they got to put on a front and he was like well i hope he's i hope you do something because he's killing my business killing our prison people coming in they're freaked out and trying to... she said please be nice someone passed away yes i know people pass away well then you deal with it and then you move on for christ's sake go cry across the street for crying out loud. you don't come in public and just crying for you know and it's, it kind of breaks the touch it's funny look cold blah 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 but it was it was so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need to. So I eventually say, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm starting to get to know him. I said, uh, "How you doing?" He's like, "Not good." I'm like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, and I and I start slowly working, talking to him, and you know, he's he's hard with the eye contact, and everything triggers him. And a song would come on the radio, and he starts sobbing, and I'd say. Um, he goes, hey, where'd you just come from? I said, me and my wife. I just say wife. Boom, he's gone. He's sobbing. Um, so I go, you know, I got, I got to go on a trip, but don't, don't make sure you keep coming back here. And, he, and, and people were trying to help him and all that. Just, so I go away. And I'm going on this trip uh, to do stand-up. With comedian Joe Sip, what do I was on with the Metallica tour and and all that jazz, and um, 
He's he's full blown Calva. Yo, dude, bro, blah blah blah. Great, great human being. And uh, we're in New Mexico now. I'm going through some stuff too because uh, I'm trying to reach out to George Lopez because I I went on uh, I went on and told a story that he told me. I gave him credit and all that jazz, but I want to make sure he was totally cool. Um, and, and while I'm thinking of this, I'm looking out my back window and there's this, these, the woods and a hiking trail in New Mexico. And it was a little colder than I anticipated. So I wasn't really dressed and someone was drawing me to go take a hike, go hike in the woods, go, go in those woods. And it was a little freaky because it said, hey, you know, coyotes and this, and you're on your own if you come in here. And, um, I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going through the woods. And I'm walking through the woods. And I I love hiking. And I sit down and I start just being silent. And I start I start having these thoughts. And this movie idea came to me because I'm staring at a freaking tree. This is sober, by the way. Like this isn't I'm bugging out or tripping nothing. This is I'm sitting down, like kind of meditating. I'm staring at the trees and I'm watching all the birds watch me and following me and they're talking to one another. There's a guy hiking, he's coming your way. Watch the eggs. When you're in tune with that stuff, it's pretty fun to watch. I sit down, stare at the tree, and I go, dude, what has a conscious in life? What exactly? Are we that egotistical that we think we're the only ones that communicate and have a conscious? What else does? Do plants have a conscious? Do trees have a conscious? Does... And then I started thinking of my friend, Gene, who's freaking hilarious. And if I even mentioned to him, you know, if he came along, he's like, you're staring at a tree? What are you staring at a tree for? I said, do they have conscious? I can't even believe you just asked that. So you just asked the question, does a tree have conscious? <laughs> Bro, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a midlife crisis, but if you got to sit and stare at a tree and figure out if it's got conscious, you got serious issues going on. And I started laughing. I came up with this whole idea for a film where it's a guy trying to find his spirituality and he's breaking down in life and he goes to the spirituality camp and he has this one annoying guy like Gene that's just making fun of him the whole time, but he ignores him and he finally makes it to the other side and he finds his spirituality and God and this and sees the world in a different light. And it was Gene that was his guiding light. It was Gene that said, I was here to throw you off your path consistently, but you stuck on your path and I'm proud of you. You graduate. And you're like, oh my God. So I go, I come out of the woods and before I do, there's a big hawk. Big hawk. And I can't describe the feeling. It was really close. And I stopped and I stared at it. And I didn't know if it was hunting and it was looking at me. And they got intense eyes just looking at me. And it was a moment. I can't describe the moment. It was just powerful. I felt like... I felt like... It wasn't just the hawk. Something powerful was just... It was a presence of just staring at me. And we were... And I, I couldn't figure it out. It was a good feeling. So I, I go back in the hotel and I, 
And me and Joe Sib, I think we're, I don't know if we're going to a show or we're getting, I think we were going to get something to eat. And while we're getting something to eat, I go, Joe, I got, I got a movie idea. And he goes, wow, wow, wow. I go, so I went on a hike, bro. You got to see this hawk that I just saw. And so I go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, dude, hawk's a rat. Dude, hawk's a rat. Yeah, dude, killer. And I go, uh, so I went on this hike and I, I had this whole idea where guys trying to find his spirituality, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I have an annoying friend, he's fine spirituality, and, and I'm telling him the whole concept of this film. And Joe Sib says to me, bro, dude, did I ever tell you the time I went to a spirituality camp? I went, what? What are you talking about? What? And he starts telling me about... It, it's beyond hilarious. It's, it's hilarious, deep, and real. How he goes to Arizona because at the time, the people in his life want him to go there because he's stressed out. He's going blind in one of his eyes and there's all this stuff going on. And whatever's going on, he's, something's wrong with his eye. And he's, he's been, they don't know if he had a stroke. They don't know this. And with all this stuff's going on. So he goes away. And from the beginning, he's like, dude, I'm not hanging out of here. But um, I'll... And, and this has an incredible ending, incredible ending. But I'd like to bring Joe Joe on right now if he's available. What up, brother? Dude, you got a microphone and a whole place. Look at you. Yes. Look at that, dude. Wow. I finally, I finally yeah, I had all this. I haven't ever, you know, when you have all the gear and then today when you're like, hey, can you do this? And you hit me. I was like, you know what? I'll actually go into my little studio that I have and then this way we can hear and see each other and I won't be on my phone. I like it. In and out. It looks good, right? It looks really good, Joe. Look at the little couch in the back. It's almost like I'm a therapist. Come on in. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I like the setup a lot. Thank you, brother. How you been? Thank you. I've been good, dude. It's, it's, uh, it's funny to hear, you know, uh, I sent Mike while you were talking about that, man. It just brought me back to when that all went down when we were out in out in new mexico and uh i actually found a photo from the day that we were having this conversation that we're, we're gonna obviously talk about right now i don't know if you remember i'm like yeah we had this moment we were actually because where you were walking <clears throat> i don't know if you remember it. what happened you you left that apart so you we were in this beautiful setting in albuquerque new mexico like up until this moment Albuquerque, New Mexico is somewhere. I never understood why people loved it there. Yeah. And then when we went out there to do these shows, um, the place that we did the show at was next to this amazing desert vibe. And I remember I would look out my window and um, there was this huge area. And actually, remember you were out there and that's where you were walking. And I want to say, I don't know if it was a lion or a tiger. You remember that you saw something out and you were like, whoa, what's going on out here? And 
you know, like everyone else wouldn't walk out there, but you went totally far out there. And then I remember when we had this conversation, we we're going to share, I had my phone with me and it was such a legendary conversation. I'm like, dude, we got to take a photo right now. And you're like, because you can see us in our beanies and like we have these jackets on. I don't know if Mike can, if he can throw it up for us. He but, will. Uh, he will. Let's see if he will. He will at a certain point. But yeah, uh, um, yeah it's uh, yeah, that was a that was an amazing trip that whole that whole vibe out there because i'd never even been to that part of the country and enjoyed it like that i always kind of just got in and got out here it is there it is oh wow yeah i was freezing yeah you all you had was a hoodie <laughs> yeah because i thought I, I thought new mexico was always just hot and warm yeah you you thought you were going on like spring break you know sitting by a pool look at where we i mean you can and that you can see that out in that you know that kind of rural area out there there was these paths and you were just you know because I, I remember you're like telling me you're walking around out there and i'm like dude i ain't going out there and you're like no dude let's go yeah well there were some areas where it just i don't know it was a little it, it wasn't shady it was just it was so alone in the woods i don't like being that alone no but but it was like it was you know how there's sketchy places where you're afraid some dude's going to run out like, hey, give me your money. This was more like lying cruises out and goes, hey, you're done. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I was more worried a wild boar or a couple coyotes like, hey, man, you shouldn't have came out of here. I mean, you should have listened to your instinct, but clearly you don't have any. So um, I'm going to start yeah, with your done. calves and um, we're going to annoy you to death. It's going to be a slow, horrible pain, by the way. You scream yeah. all you want. No one's going to come out of here. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be part of the food chain right now. Your food chain right now. What's up? Hey, everybody, food chain's here. <laughs> Circle of life. That's what you're about, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you love it. You love talking about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I remember, I rem it's funny when you're bringing this up. I totally, uh, totally remember this morning. So this is, this is the, I mean, not to go into a billion details, but now I pitched this idea to you, if you remember, and like the guy was G my friend Gene, and then you go dude I, and you start telling me how you you went on this program yep but and it was some we still got to do this as a film or or, or just to, to, it's got to become something but the one part that was amazing was you talked about this this indian all right and you go there and i was laughing so hard and uh i, I mean he takes you on a hike Tell, tell the tell the part with so the yeah I mean I'll just like I can I can dive into it without you know hijacking everyone's day um <laughs> what it, yeah I mean I was this was a while ago and what had happened <clears throat> the whole thing started because I got a retina vein occlusion and I didn't know and just for everyone listening and watching a retina vein occlusion is when not enough blood flow goes to your retina and you basically your retina dies and what happens is, is it starts with a little black dot <clears throat> and what had happened to me was this um, retina vein occlusion had happened and the doctor which is crazy because all of a sudden my left eye i couldn't see out of it and the way it went from it, it went from bad to worse and i remember it happened it happened like during the holidays like right around now i was actually snowboarding and it just got worse and at one point there was just a blackness so you're and i'm you know when you're and i was at that point i'm in you know i think i just maybe turned 40 so like you know i'm like oh yeah dude, a couple beers it'll go away like you know like it's my eye <laughs> right 
you know, and like every, you know, it, you know, when you do things just like, Oh, you know, I'll deal with that later. And it right. was just so, so by the time it went to, you know, not seeing out of it, I'd messed up because it was blurry, but I didn't take it seriously. And by the time I got to the doctor, like, yeah, you, you know, what happens is, is the blood float won't go to the retina. The retina doesn't get enough blood. So that's why you now have this, it'll slowly start to come back, but it will never, it will never be the same. So out of my out of my would like out of my right eye. If you look out of my right eye, it's like when you're in a swimming pool. You know, when you're in a swimming pool, they're like, "Hey, we threw the quarters in the pool," and you swim down, and it just looks kind of blurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. But the main reason that I ended up going out to Phoenix and ultimately ending up in Sedona was because for six months after the retina vein occlusion, they my doctor at the time ran me through these tests, sent me to every specialist. And like I said, I, I might've just turned 40 so, or, you know, I was in my thirties and, you know, late thirties and I was upset. Like, why are you sending me to this doctor? Like, just get it fixed. You know, like I'm healthy. I work out, I surf, I skate. Like I, I don't, you know, and basically what was happening was he was sending me all these specialists and it ultimately came to a moment after about six months, I got really upset with them. And I said to him, I go, what are you doing? You know, I just went to a place. They took like 17 vials of blood for me. They're testing me for lupus. They're testing like what dude fix my eye. And he straight up looked at me and he goes, I don't care about your eye. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, you know what? You can see, you'll figure it out. I'll tell you this right now. You're way too young to be having what you're going through. And I said, well, what are you, what's your, you know, I, he goes, my concern is this, the blood vessels in your eye are the blood vessels that are on your brain. If those blood vessels are going in your eye, then you're possibly in a moment that you could have a stroke. Why is that happening? The blood vessels on your brain are the blood vessels. And I was like, what? And he sent me to another specialist and I walk into this room, everyone in there is cooked, just you know, just all stroke victims. And, you know, you're just like whole, you know, and I'm in there and the guy says to me, yeah, by the time I see someone, you know, that that's come this far, they've already had a stroke. And if you've, if you have a stroke at your age and it was just, I remember I got, I got in my car and I was driving and I just pulled over and I started crying. I was like, God, what, what is going on, bro? Like, why, what do you, what is this about? And at that moment, they couldn't figure out why I had the retina vein occlusion, why my blood was doing that. I'll get to why it happened because it's super important for everyone that's listening. Um, but then all of a sudden, that's where Jim's talking about the, the journey of we're going to try something else. And at that point. But uh, what, what I find interesting is what you just did. You, you had it at, you, you know, when you have it at, you may not be a God believer. You may not believe in whatever, in a higher power. You know, I have my friend, Larry, I don't, you still haven't, I don't think you met him. No. Larry, I've heard you say, I've heard you say for the last five years, Larry. Like for, just. Larry. Larry. Yeah. yeah Larry's yeah. one of my all time. Even your kids, even your kids, like Gab was on the road. She's yelling, Larry. I'm like, who, I got to meet this guy. Yeah, Larry's a, a beautiful human being. Larry, Larry, uh, um, he's like, you know, one of his kids was going through stuff. He's like, bro, I, I, I know you're, you're more tapped in, and you, you, I, 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 if you can, if you can talk to God or whoever, like, I, you know me, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't get it. But even in moments like that, people will reach out somewhere, I, whatever it is. 
I forgot that you you went, God, dude, what's going on? Yeah. Help me. Well, Help always, me. Yeah. And and like you know, as you and I've talked for years, Jim, it's like, you know, I grew up Catholic Italian, uh, eight years Catholic school, sure. went to Santa Clara University, Jesuit priests, you know, so my grandma worked at the church. She she worked at the rectory. She cooked for all the priests. So God and you know, the Catholic religion has always just been a part of my life. And even as a small kid, the biggest takeaway, like I, I always tell people, you know, take what you want, you know, leave what you don't. But like, for me, it was always, you can, I remember the nuns, this one nun, sister Cornelia said, you can talk to God, the, you know, the way you talk to your friends. And that really broke it down, whether it's a higher power that you believe in or just God. And I remember as a kid, you know, just talking to God, like, dude, you know, you got to help me get through this math quiz. I didn't study. Everyone's going to be dumb <laughs> right. to me, you know? Right. And, you know, whatever it was. The important stuff. The real important yeah. stuff. Yeah. I also felt that having a relationship with God is the same reason why I never did any drugs, why I never, like, I, they, I really believed in the concept that God was always watching you. And I always was like, you know, you think, oh, dude, I'm going to pull a fast one. Like, look, I just took this. And, and then you're like, you in my head, I took it literally like God's like, saw what you did. You're like, ah, you know, like I just right, he was right. such a so he was a part of me, so part of my presence. So when I was sitting, I remember where I was, I was in Hollywood on Melrose Avenue, and I pulled over and I was just I just was bummed and I was so pissed. Like, and I was pissed. Like, hey, I had those moments. You know, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to go got, to the dark side if you don't step in. I'll tell you right now, you don't want me over there because I'm going to crush it. They they would love to have me. And boy, I tell you, I'm going to wreak havoc. I'm going to be as huge, too. I mean, they're going to be like, yeah, he's on our side. Uh, here's your horns. Here's your tail. Um, yeah, here's your mansion and this and that and everything you ever wanted. But this is so... Okay, so you go through that, and now you're in Arizona, and well, I, yeah. you, you tell me the story, but get to the part where it's already funny because you're like, what the heck is up? But you, the first – every day you got to go to somewhere different that's going to help you, and the first place you got to go to is is an Indian, a Native American. Tell me you you pulling up and the whole shibibble what's going on there. Yeah, you know, at this point, I was really skeptical, and the people that were running the place were super cool. But it was just, I was very like, I it was not the way that the the way it was running, the way that it was being, the information was being given to me. I, you know, I was, I was at that point, you know, living in Hollywood, California, and and doing really well, and right. I thought like it was going to be more of a Four Seasons experience. Like I expected <laughs> right. people in white robes. I want, right. I wanted Rick Rubin there. You know, <laughs> right. I, we should like a hot stone I, massage to clear your head. Right. Exactly. And it it was it was it looked it the place that it even the building it was in looked like it was being held together by duct tape and just really so this <laughs> is what I paid for. When I showed up, uh yeah, and when I showed up, they basically like Jim said, they they basically had a whole week of events that I was gonna do. And um I'll, you know, I'll start with the first one. There was a native American and they were basically, they said to me, um, they said, Hey man, you know, today you're going to meet with um, this gentleman and he lives here and they would give you an address. <clears throat> and I was in my little Prius and okay, cool. And every, every time they gave me a new address, I always was going to bail. I was always like, 
I'm out of, wait, that's right, because I ran in the car, I flew there. No massages allowed. Go, where's the, yeah, where's the music? Where's the, oh, I can't get out of here, this is nonsense. Yeah, I got you. It did not have any of the bells and whistles I anticipated it would have. And instead, I would go to these addresses and I would show up <clears throat> and every time I wanted to split. So I go to this first place and I show up at this guy's house and he just lives in a suburban neighborhood, no different than you know what I expected and what or no no different than where I would live. But it was it was, you know, trucks, blue collar, everyone, you know, living there, kids throwing the football around in the front. And when I walk up to this guy's house, I knock on the door, he answers it. And I'm expecting like, I was like, oh, Native American guy. Like, I, you know, I'm expecting him to see more of the Native American experience. And he's just wearing like a flannel, some blue Levi's, Nikes. And he's like, hey, what's up, man? You know, I'm Steve. And I'm like, Steve. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, hey, come on in and sit down. And I'm like, already so now and that's always weird when you go in someone's house it's, i'm going into his scene you can smell like food that he's cooking and i go into the living room and i remember there's all this 49er stuff and i'm looking around and he's like sit down and i'm like okay and then he just comes in and he wants to talk about the niners and hey yeah uh, you know you're from the bay area right <laughs> so, I mean, what are you thinking this year and i'm just looking at him like what what are we like what's going on like i thought like just some incense maybe just something to you know, let me know that I was in touch with the Native American spiritual world. And uh, <laughs> there's none of that. And he just looks at me and I'll never forget. He, he looks at me, he goes, you're disappointed, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I just said it. I was like, pretty much. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I can see that look on your face. You were expecting something different, weren't you? And I was like, yeah. And then I remember he, he just goes, he just kind of started talking to me right there about like, you know, the, that I was disappointed. He thought it was funny. And then I just remember we got up and we walked out his back door because his property, his house had a, you know, it was lined up against that reserve, you know, in Sedona. That's just beautiful. We walked through a little gate and before I knew it, we're just walking. And, um, he's got like this, uh, he has a, a jacket on, you know, and he's talking to me. And as we're walking, it was, it was one of those moments where as we started to walk together, as soon as he stepped into the realm of nature and the earth and the wilderness, similar to that photo that uh, Brian put up or Brian that, that, uh, that Mike put up of, of, of Jim and I, you know, he really dropped into it. And at that moment, I don't know why I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bail this. I'm going to trust this guy. And it was the first time I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in because if I go all in, at least I know I've given it a shot. And if, if I can do that, maybe something, maybe something different will happen. Like my usual reaction and Jim knows me, like, I'm like, I'm the first one to bail. Like, dude, like Jim will be like, dude, we're going to this restaurant and then we're going to have this food and they don't cook it. And then you cook it. And then the other guy eats it for you. And then you put it, I'm like, dude, I don't want that experience. I want just, you know, I'm going to Africa. Like Jim's like, I'm going to Africa. I'm like, have fun. Like I ain't doing that. <laughs> and you know, it, you know, and so at this point I was just sitting there and walking with him and I'll never forget he the first thing he did is he said hey reach down here and I want you to touch I want you to touch this dirt with me so I got down and you know we ran our hands through the dirt as we're running our hands through the dirt you know he's talking to me about so I heard your eyes messed up and I, he's like tell me about that and we're talking about that and as we're walking 
I would explain what was going on. And as we kept walking, he would like, there was these uh, trees and he said, Hey, put your hand on this tree. And I was like, put my hand on the tree and I'm feeling the bark. And he's like, you know, basically, you know, feel these leaves. I'm like, okay. And then we're walking more. And as we walked in this trail, I remember at a certain point, we just really started talking about what was going on with my eye, what was going on in my life at that point. And, and literally before I knew it, we had walked like for three hours together, just stopping and wow. talking and listening. Wow. And I've never done any drugs in my entire life. You know, I, I just haven't. And it was the closest experience I ever had of just being one with the earth, being one with the moment, being one with the, the sky, the air and everything, and just the moment. And as he talked, he would talk more about, and he kept mentioning mother earth and he kept talking about, you know, there's a lot of signs that as we go through life, we've been a part of society. We're trying to pay the bills. We're trying to pay mortgage. We're trying to take the kids to soccer practice. We're trying to take the kids um, to you know school. And you just get out of the rhythm of just never looking up and never taking in what's around you and never taking a moment to look up into the sky. And at that moment, he looked up into the sky and there was this huge, huge hawk, you know, flying. And we both looked up at it and he goes, oh, wow we've got a friend. And I was like, we've got a friend. And he goes, yeah. And he looks up and he's like, wow. And he looks at me and he says, wow, you know what? That, uh, that's a sign that, um, someone or something in your life is got the lookout on you right now. And I, you know, I was like, what? And it was very simple. So that, you know, when you did the story about your father and the bird, as you know, you and I became more and more friends, you know, when you told me that story, you know, it's weird. It was like, well, check this out. And we shared the story about this hawk. So at that moment. So a sign, he said, the Native American. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, basically the guy that's walking me around, that's in touch with that energy, in touch with that, that calling. And what he was saying to me was we've lost as, as human beings, because we're so busy, so inundated with so many different things that we have to do and so many places we have to be, that there are signs that the universe and there's signs that nature and signs that the, the, the world and the planet are sending to you that you don't take time to take in, you know, because we're 24, in my opinion, because we're from the minute we come out of the womb, 24 seven, your mind is infiltrated by nonsense, nonsense distractions that three years old, you got an iPad, a phone, colors, things, cartoons, things, sitting in the class, learning this, learning that, all things you don't need in your life, in yeah. your soul. And this is, this is, this, uh, this is fascinating. So go ahead. Yeah. And so basically what he was allowing me to take in and what he was allowing me to basically try to understand as a concept is that instead of going through life, just boom, 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 which at that point in my life, you know, I was, you know, with side one dummy, the record company I own, this is pre comedy. I was doing radio at this point. I was crushing it, you know, and I was just like signing this band and signing that band and going on tour. And this band's opening for Springsteen and we're going to England and da, 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 And I got this and I got that. And I was just bum, 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 bum. And as a human being at that point, I was just going for it. And what he was saying is I was, you know, what possibly the retina vein occlusion was, it wasn't so much uh, worry about, you know, that you're losing the vision in your eyes. This is, this is a sign for you this retina vein occlusion isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing. This is getting you to stop for a second and go, hey, 
what are you doing? What's your purpose? What, what, where are you going with this? What's the, and I, and at that, for the first time, I looked at it through those lenses, you know, no pun intended. I looked at it like, wow, maybe, you know, cause if I hadn't had the retina vein occlusion, I wouldn't be in the desert with this guy. If I hadn't retina vein occlusion, I wouldn't have slowed down. I, if I hadn't the retina vein occlusion, I wouldn't be in Phoenix. So as we walked around the choice, we, either I'm a victim, why what's going on or makes you stronger and see the world in a different light for an opportunity to enhance yourself in a positive way and touch others. Dude, I love this guy. Yeah. Recently, you know, someone said to me, you know, instead of saying things happen, you know, this, this, you know, this happened to you like, Oh man, I had this retina vein occlusion. I can't believe this. Why is this happening to me? You know, that's a, that's a thing. Instead of something happening to you, happening for you, this retina vein, this happened for me. Even so, in, yeah, go ahead. So, so with the retina vein occlusion, ultimately, and um, we went for the walk. But what, and and no, and 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 nothing happened. Like we didn't eat dirt together. And then he's like, "Hey, here's the peyote." Like none of that. Happened. <laughs> right, right, right. There's yeah, no war you know, drums. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, the wearing there's none of that. Yeah, none of that. And and what I learned from that that day was, as we walked, he and I still do it to this day, is that he said. Every day, take a moment to embrace the earth and embrace this amazing planet that we're on. And you can do it as simple as you know, you're going on a walk in, in, in your neighborhood and you just put your hand on a tree or you touch a leaf or, or you feel the grass you know, underneath your hand. Or for me, you know, I, I surf and there's so many times when I'm in the ocean that I just, I really do believe that I'm, I'm, I can be, I'm being held by an energy that is so much bigger than me. And you, and I can be in that moment while I'm surfing. And I, and I have these conversations with my higher power where I just, I'm like, thank you for this. You know, um, I, I you know, I have my gratitude list that I do and just, I'm grateful. This is instead of saying all the things like, cause I sometimes feel like, you know, with, with God and my relationship with him, I don't want to be the dude always being like, Hey bro. So I need this. I need this. I need this. Yeah, I want to yeah, be yeah. like, Hey, yeah. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, I don't want to ask for anything. I just want to be like, I like when I wake up after having these moments, I can be grateful. And I have the gratitude list. First thing out of my mouth. I'm, I'm, you know, Hey, I'll say crazy stuff. I'm, I'm grateful for the leak I'm about to take. Thank you. I'm grateful <laughs> for being vertical. Hey, I've got a run of dates with Brewer starting Wednesday. I'm grateful for flying. I'm grateful for being able to do, I'm grateful for getting to make people laugh. I love it. With that said, yeah. The last thing I would say was when we got off of that, that walk together, two things changed that changed for the rest of my life is that I now at that moment do look for different signs in my life, whether I'm surfing and I see a dolphin. Now, I don't want people to think like, oh man, so if I meet Joe Sib and I bring my dog, he starts to talk to my dog like, hey, this is a sign, you know, like I'm not, I'm, I know not, what that, you mean. I'm not saying that, but I do believe that there's moments where nature and the universe and your higher power are sending you signs and you can have those moments. When my uncle Bob passed away, um, you know, him and I were the, so tight. And, you know, I believe that there's been times where he's in my life and, and whether he takes form of uh, a bird or a dolphin or whatever, I believe there's, I can feel his presence. My grandparents, especially my grandma, you know, yeah. those people, which is funny. And, and I'll bail on this is that when I got back to the guy's house, we, you know, said goodbye. And he was, he was super 
And, and he asked me, he said, you know, so you're going to stick around for the rest of the week? And I said, you know what? I think I am. And he's like, you know what? You should. And I, I remember as I went back to get my next, you know, message of, okay, you're going here. I had a different attitude. I, I wasn't, I wasn't above it all. And I wasn't you like, you know, it, it took me down a few notches and it really changed my life that whole week there because and there was one funny part and it was that I met with this woman at one point that she was like a mother. She has all the kids in the house. They're like play dates are going on. She's like, oh, are you Joe? I'm like, yeah, sure. okay, sit down on the couch. And this was a woman that was going to tell me about my spiritual advisors. And I was like, all right. And, and at this point I'm like, I'm on the road. Here we go. I'm, I'm in the journey and I'm sitting in, you know, I'm sitting in her house and her husband goes, Oh, nice to meet you. Okay. I got to get the kids out of here. Just normal, just Madness. no different than my household. And I remember she leaves and she's like, okay. And she's just a mom, you know, and I'm sitting there like, wow. And then she goes, Whoa. And I go like, she stops and she looks at me and you guys got to remember, I've been on the journey now, like this is my fourth day in. So I'm like, okay, what's going to happen now? Yeah, she's yeah. like, oh my gosh, there are so many people around you right now. I, and she's like, okay, everyone just, okay, wait a minute. And it was like that scene out of like Whoopi Goldberg. Like there's just too many. And I'm, and, and, uh, you know, and, um, and ghost. The, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And ghost. And I sit there and she's like, oh my gosh. And I go, what? And she's like, you have you normally someone has like one to two spiritual advisors you have like i think four to five and they're all arguing and i was like yeah that's my family like, Damn, <laughs> totally. you know like and she was saying that some of them she's like what are you going through right now and at that point i wasn't sure, sure like do i want to continue this career do i want to do this and she was saying that you know some of them were saying he needs to do this and i was like oh that's probably uncle bob and aunt Jeannie. and then my other people were saying he needs to do this and i was like oh that's my grandma you know and uh that was that was something else that was like wow okay she's picking up on this energy i thought it was was really cool it's like when you were done too you went back uh and you were with your family and you guys were all getting ready to go to beach or something you put the, the yeah. board up on top and run and literally you just stopped the minivan and you got out and they're like what are you doing dad and you're like and you just touched a tree to make sure you were yeah. in touch they would always see me do stuff like that like you know and i you know even one one thing i shared was I remember there was a musician um, I worked with uh, that band out of Jersey, Gaslight yep. Anthem. Yeah. And Brian Fallon and I, I remember we had a lot of talks about this because he was, you know, he was someone that that could understand the concept. And we used to have this conversation about, you know, he would be playing these huge, huge stages. And I remember after I experienced this feeling the tree or something, a lot of times before I'd go on stage, I'd always go like, I want to feel that stage underneath me. And I'd rub my hand on it and someone would look at me and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, man, like later tonight, we're all going to be on here. Like, I really want to take this in. And I shared that concept with Brian Fallon. And um, I remember as the band, as his band grew and they did these amazing things, he would always send me a text once in a while. I'd be like, Hey man, how's it going out there? You know, and they're on these huge tours and he's just crushing it. And he's like, just feeling the stage, man. Just feeling the stage. So that concept of really taking it in, it, it it's it's something that I love to share with people. Sure. So just real just to recap, the the hawk. The hawk was a I remember once you said it, uh, it's wow, that's a visitor, and they're here for a good reason. Yeah, almost a spiritual advisor spiritual watching advisor over you. Spiritual advisor watching over you. That so I want everyone to know that is that is what I'm leaving. Uh, okay, New Mexico with okay. So, we'll, Joe, thanks for thanks for bringing this part of the story in, and uh, just so I mean, people just know it's real and whatever. It's conversation you can make fun, whatever it is. I do. You know how you feel, and I know how I feel. And there's a lot more of that story which we'll bring back. All I would time. say is this: but, anyone that right now 
listen to that the, the, you know everything jim talked about and everything i talked about and if and if you're really like oh this is bs oh wait till i'm finished they haven't seen my ending and, and, and i'm sorry to cut you off right there but all i would say is i was that same person and i totally get it like right now you're like dude this guy's talking he talks to trees like what's he doing you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you and i used to joke around about that uh but all i would say is if if just just for a moment if, if you're that much against it you know, drop in for a second and go, you know what? All right, I'm going to see and just walk around for the day. Next time you go to the beach, next time you're playing ball with your kid, next time you're in a park, next time you're in a parking lot, walking out from Target, look up in the sky. And I'm telling you right now, if you do that, you will find a moment where you're like, oh, wow. What is yeah. that? Silence. S sit. Be silent. And be still. Those are three great s's that i've learned sit still be silent joe thanks a million man. i'll see you out there have a great christmas and new yep. years we're gonna see each other me and joe are gonna be in naples florida the very end of february those tickets are on sale right now off the hook comedy club or go to jimbrewer.com um and joe where can they find you yeah, if you guys want to hit me up on Instagram, it's just Joe underscore Sib, or you can go to my website, joesib.com. And uh, yeah, when I'm not with Brewer, um, I'm out doing shows. And um, we have another friend that we do shows with, Monty Franklin. I think he'll be coming to Florida with you yep. um, later on this month. He's our Australian mate. Uh, yeah, he's going to do some shows with Jim. Yeah. Uh, all right. No need uh, to book me right, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, brother. Have a great holiday. I'll talk to you, bro. Love you, brother. Bye. Love you too. Late. So imagine coming home from this trip. And this is this is everything that just piled onto me. Okay. I go to New Mexico. Something's drawing me to go on a hike. I go on a hike. Next thing you know, these thoughts and I'm meditating, staring at a tree. And then that leads to ideas and a subconscious idea of a movie idea and I come and I tell Joe Sib and Joe Sib tells me this story which he left out a lot it's just it's belly the host it's a movie it's a movie it's an incredible movie that that he has there that we tried writing and we still have the whole it's it's unbelievable one day we'll put it together um and now with that brings talks about the hawk now I go back home Back to New Jersey. And just like every morning, when I say every morning, every single morning, I get up, drive the girls to school, and after I drop them off, I go to Maria's Cafe in Chester, New Jersey. I sit and I got to get back to Rob. His name is Rob. The man with the hoodie, his name is Rob. The man who lost his wife is Rob. And so I come in and sure enough, he's already there. He's already there and um, he's crying. And now one of my good friends, Lou, who we'll get into another time, we'll, I'll start to introduce to you many of these characters of Maria's coffee shop. It was just... Uh, an incredible community that we built out of that place. Incredible community of people that look after each other. It's the best thing I've had in so many years. It's beautiful. Um, and I'd love to share that with you as, as we move along. And there's Rob crying, sobbing. 
And I walked in. My friend Luke goes, dude, he was in, he was in a good he had, he was he was doing okay. He was starting to smile. And I, 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 so I, I I I said, Rob, 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 what's the matter? What's going on? What's going on? He goes, I don't I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to. I don't know. I said, what what don't you know? He goes, yesterday. I was driving home to my place in Long Valley, New Jersey. It's a beautiful town. And you go down this hill on this one road. And when the sun comes down, it's beautiful. It's majestic. It's just, it's breathtaking. And he said, I was, and I saw the most beautiful sunset. I said, okay. And then, and then there was an outline of this huge tree. And on top of the tree was this huge hawk. It was, it was amazing. And I started looking. I said, this might be the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I said, so what's, so what's the problem? I don't know. And then I, I went from this is the most beautiful thing in my life. And then. I don't know. I started thinking about a hawk and how it kills things. And it just, it just, it's, it's reminding me of, it's just, it's out to get me to tell me about death. And it's got my wife. And, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. You're not going to believe this is, now I'm blown out of my mind because I just came back from a whole hawk story. Is that coincidence? This guy just brings up a hawk. I just learned a whole different meaning, a whole different thought process, a whole different consciousness of what perhaps, I'm not saying it is, perhaps, what a hawk may represent. And I said, Rob, look at me, look at me. And he's, like, Whoa. he's got tears coming down his eyes. I said, I know this is going to sound crazy. It's going to sound crazy. And I start telling him the whole story of me going to New Mexico. And I went on the hike. And I seen this hawk. And it gave me this presence. It was overwhelming. It was powerful. And then I told Joe Sib, And he told me. He went on this old trip because of his eye and this and thing and the thing. And he goes out there. And the first thing he sees is the Native American. And the Native American brings him out on a hike and bomb. He starts teaching him about life and spirituality. And he said, a hawk is your spiritual guider, a visitor to let you know things are good. I got you. I'm in a different place and I'm going to guide you. I'm here in a whole different light. I said, Rob, you were thinking of your wife. You said it was beautiful, right? He said, yeah. I said, y y perhaps it was your wife. That feeling of seeing that, the hawk, and the majestic sunset wasn't a bad thing. It was a beautiful thing. That was your wife saying, I'm in a better place and in a more powerful place. And I needed to be here so I can guide you to where you need to be in life. Don't ask why. Just trust. And it was the first time I'm going to cry thinking about it. 
He wanted to live. His eyes went wide. And he went, wow. Wow. I said, no, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. He goes, no. It's amazing. It's amazing. And he started to live again, to laugh again. And that moment of time changed his whole life, changed my life, changed that whole coffee shop. It was only, it was only a matter of time. And I'll tell you this before I even get into that. So my hand of God, I got nothing to sell. I'm just being dead honest. And I went home and told my wife, and she's like, you know, you gotta be careful. You can't like a hawk or something to look forward to. I said, honey, it's just because you got down to go to God. And I'm like, listen, listen, I'm just telling you a story. And you know, I wasn't thinking I I said, is this all crazy? And later that day. Right before the sun came down, I went to a place called Chubb Park, which is in Chester, New Jersey. And I brought a, ba a whole bucket of baseballs and a baseball bat. And I would just, I'd, I'd smack the ball to one side of the field to the other. I'd hit the whole bucket, walk all the way down the other side, collect the balls, baseballs, and hit them the other side. It was a very peaceful thing for me. And as I do, I swear on my kids' lives, this is true. I swear on my life. As I told Rob, and I see his whole life change over a hawk story, I'm about to, I'm about to hit the baseballs on like my third try. And as I'm about to do that, I'm about to throw the ball up and I get startled because right in front of me, on a wooden fence, not in the trees, in a wooden fence, staring right at me, was this huge, gorgeous hawk. And it was a moment. I just stopped. I, I looked at him. The hawk looked at me. And it felt like at least a minute or two where I just dropped everything. And just looked and I just let everything go. And I realized everything was amazing. And then I smiled. <laughs> and I giggled a little and then I started hitting the baseballs again. And then he slowly flew past me. And so that was the beginning of that man, Rob. He now, he started to smile once in a while. He started getting to know everyone. The hood came down. He became like the little mayor of Maria's coffee shop. And everybody loved him and he loved everybody. And he still does. 
One of my best friends in the world. And you know what? It started a community that was the most powerful community in the world. I, it brought me right back to Long Island where I grew up in Jefferson Avenue. All for one, one for all. And one of the greatest things was, you know, it, it, we're talking about Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives, um, gay not gay, special needs, every walk of life existed, every age, and we became a unit that all looked after each other. We had debates and arguments and conversations, but we were a family and still are this amazing family. Um, if I had, if the world was going down, this is the people that I want to be with. And it has nothing, nothing against my family or anything, but these, the people of that Maria's coffee shop, the community that we've built, the love and foundation of looking after one another. And it all is because of a woman that has passed away that none of us have ever met. None of us have ever met. It was that man, Rob, coming in, crying, wanting to help. Now, is it all coincidence? Would it have happened somewhere else? I don't know. But to me, when I take a couple steps back, I go, it's funny how God works. I hope you enjoyed today's segment. Um, you have your own story. You can laugh at this. You can call it crazy, kooky, whatever. You know, that's another thing. Like, when I come back and everyone's like, I'll go, dude, you don't believe this. I went, I went to the field and there was a hawk. And, you know, this guy would be like, well, you should have shot it. Even though it's a stink down. You know, like, you know, everyone makes a joke. And I'm like, oh, you're still in that spirit world and all that jazz. It's, it's not like I walk around every day like, uh, it's just that if you take a moment in your time to sit, be still. And be silent. Maybe there is a deeper connection that you never knew existed. Otherwise, you know, go back to Netflix and all that chess. Um, thank you all very much. As you know, uh, the Patreon page is growing and growing. I can't, I want to thank everyone on Patreon that didn't leave. Um, and for that, we're going to continue with live shows once a month. Um, I hope you enjoyed this week's live show from Tampa. Uh, I'm already figuring out next month. Perhaps I may go live from Las Vegas in January. I'm playing at South Point Casino, middle of January. Um, and some other shows are coming up. I wish you the very best. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, DM me. That's the best place. That's, that's the place where I check a lot of messages and I actually interact with people. So it doesn't matter if you're Facebook, but even Patreon members, everyone, reach out and uh, direct message me. And love and laughter to you. I hope you had a good time today. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Bruniverse. Safe journeys, everybody. You know